San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear this show as it airs. And all these podcasts are commercial-free on iowamoney.com. And now it's time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, best-selling author, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families and a marathon runner accomplished in that field as well. Richard Musil, good evening. How are you tonight? Doing great. I just found out that my wife, Mary, is running the New York Marathon in four months. And what does that mean for you? <laughs> it means a lot of long-distance practice runs because I'm her pacer. We decided on Sunday to go out and do the Chargers 5K because we are thinking, well, the medal from that might be a collector's item because that might be the last one ever. <laughs> no, they're not going anywhere. So, the, league, uh, the league won't allow it. You know this. Come so on. So anyway, I, I paced Mary, and she came in third out of like 50 women in her Isn't that division. Something? So she, every time she goes out, she gets a medal. All right, Mary is... Can you reveal her age? She's in her 50s, can we say? Yeah, she's in one of those age divisions up okay. there. And, she, and, and every time she runs, she gets something. Now, she just took up running, like, what, a two, three years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, two and a half years ago. That's amazing. She, I mean, yeah. she had never done any kind of exercise. She must have done well, some. Well, no, she was a swimmer and a gymnast, but she wasn't a runner. Hmm. And she's played a little bit of tennis. Well, I got good news for you. I'm back on the elliptical machine. You're looking good, man. Yeah, I have dropped some pounds, good. and uh, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm heading south uh, more. I have to. I have to. Lose you mean down the, to Mexico? No, <laughs> south. I just. I just mean my belt buckle. <laughs> I mean my belt. <laughs> You know, I've got some clothes I need to fit back into at some point in time. So. Yeah, I know. It's, but it's, it's funny a, how your clothes shrink as you get older. But, you know, I've also tried, I've, I like to just put this out there for folks, this intermittent fasting and this 5-2 diet where two days a week you try to uh, cut your calories mm-hmm. down to uh, to maybe 600 for men, 500, and then it does reduce your appetite. And, uh, and I'm, I'm eating better, you know, I, I don't and I don't like sugar and all this. We don't have to talk about my diet, yeah, but anyway. That's good. That's um, good. And I'm a big fan of apple cider vinegar. I'll just put that out there. So okay. for me, we'll do a whole show on that someday. <laughs> sure. The apple cider vinegar show. Anyway, the weather has been toasty and the humid. The weather's been toasty. And, of course, we lost a tremendous citizen of San Diego this week. We most certainly did. Uh, Conrad Prebis, age 82, uh, one of the noted philanthropists in our region. Um, our condolences to his family. Um, he was... Uh, Quite a guy, you know. Yeah, Burnham Institute, uh, Scripps. There's the Scripps Previs Cancer Center, which is probably the preeminent cancer center now on the West Coast. Well, it was, well the Sanford Burnham, and then he just uh, put his name on the building too, Sanford mm-hmm. Burnham Previs Medical Discovery Institute. Right. Um, and I know he gave a large, large gift there, but, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll miss him. We need more people like that to, um, to step up and, and help us out, so... Um, you knew him a little bit, didn't you, Richard, or no? Yeah, I did. We have the same tailor, mm-hmm. Greg Chapman, out of Beverly Hills. So mm-hmm. on occasion, when it was time to get fitted for a new suit, I would go over to Conrad's house in Rancho Santa Fe, where I would get measured and such, while he would do the same. <laughs> so he was very gracious, letting me use his mansion to meet our joint tailor. Isn't that something? Nice man. Now, was he a graduate of San Diego State? I'm trying to... Uh, you know, he's born in Indiana. I know he got here at a rather young age because... 32. I thought he... He, he, I he know bought he's... a lot of vacant lots and stuff when San Diego was starting to be developed in the, I think, 50s and 60s. And whether he went to state or not, I do not know. Well, he certainly helped out on every major institution in this town, you know, from the Globe. I mean, I'm sure people have read the articles, but... Uh, 
you know, I'm sure they're all very grateful for his generosity no question. Over, over the years. No so. question. But uh, let's see, anything else we should discuss before we get into our VIP guest tonight? No, let's do that. He's all one right. of our esteemed sponsors. Now, you're going gonna to do this right now. Let's. No, you do it then. Give, no, no, no you great... do it. Give the build up, the organization, and then give the name at the end. Because I know you always like to. I know. <laughs> you know <laughs> you're from, always good to cut to the chase. From so. the LG experience and the Lombardi boot camps, mm-hmm. we have my dear friend and <laughs> fellow baseball player <laughs> and fellow motivational speaker. I'm trying to draw this out as long as I can. Chief Inspiration Officer. Mr. Anthony Lombardi. Welcome to the show, Welcome Anthony. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. <laughs> He's also an avid surfer. <laughs> who who so, has a punctured eardrum. Yes. So which Ant- maybe we can tell that story. So we always, Richard promotes <laughs> and, you, know, you and among the sponsors every, every week talking about uh, the LG experience and how you uh, help out uh, financial professionals and, and CPAs. Is it just CPAs or is it uh, anybody in the financial field? No, it's, uh, it's professionals. It's CPAs. It's financial advisors. Sometimes we even dabble in the bankers and the attorneys as well, but mainly CPAs and financial advisors. Gotcha. Okay, so let's start at the beginning because we know nothing about Anthony From Lombardi. womb to yeah. today. <laughs> From womb. Born and raised where and, uh, you know, educated and then how you found your way to San Diego and how you developed your career. I mean, I feel to remember all that. <laughs> well, let's start with the fetus. <laughs> he remembers nothing before he would turn 21. But anyway. well, maybe I don't want to remember that. <laughs> No, we uh, um, from New York, uh, born in born in Queens. Okay. Uh, lived in Ozone Park, then a little stint in Long Island. Uh, All right. And Albertson, uh, my mom and dad decided it was going to be better if they took the second grade bully out of the second grade school in New York and moved west and uh, headed towards California. When you were in the second grade, yes, wow. and and I think my family made a wrong left turn somewhere in Albuquerque. Okay. And it took us five years to get back on the freeway. They to, do have a nice hot back. air balloon event there, though. But I, <laughs> actually, I learned how to hunt and shoot in Albuquerque with my dad because there was nothing out there. But uh, it's a great town, and I've been back since in a speaking tour I did. It's and, a nice uh, town to pass through, right? Yeah, right. it was a good five years, and then I came out here, and junior high began out in, out in El Cajon, California. Wow. Yes, out here in El Cajon. You, you and went then, to El Cajon Valley, right? I did, El Cajon Valley High School. See, you, I'm, I'm El Capitan, yeah, so we're good. Grossmont League guys. That's both, it, Grossmont both League. The, both these county boys, so. Yeah. So you're both baseball players too, right? I mean, sure. You played in high school? High school, college, and had a little bit, uh, a little taste of the pro organization with the Astros. Is that right? Yeah. Richard, you just played with high school and college, or just high school, or what? Just high school. Mm-hmm. I, um, Tony's a third baseman. Mm-hmm. I, um... I never liked the hot corner, especially if I was pitching. I wouldn't want to play third base when I was pitching. Well, you could play another <laughs> position, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't, they don't look for third basemen that often, you know. The only reason I ever got looked at was because my brother was the amazing left-handed pitcher who was throwing 90 at 12 years old. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Like Ryan Klesko. Yeah, he, they've been, they were watching him since 12, and he happened Whoa. to be a freshman who made varsity. There wasn't a lot going on in El Cajon, so I had a great senior year, and that's how they found me. But if did it wasn't br- for my brother, they wouldn't have found me. Did your him. brother uh, move <clears throat> up the chain a little bit? Yeah, both, just- of us, both of us played for the Astros the exact same time, and we got hurt within a month of each other. Wow. You guys made the team, or are you in AAA, AA? Or? No, no, no. It was in the Rookie League. Rookie League. It was in the Rookie League back then. Boy, so. if people only knew the the depth of competition in, in, in Major League Baseball. But, you know, kids love it. Everybody loves it. And um, I, I prefer that to football, to be honest. I think you get so do I. Less brain damage. So, so do I. 
But anyway, Tony, so El Cajon Valley High School, and then what happened? Uh, a little Grossmont College. Uh, Me too. L- l- there you go, a little San Diego Go-Griffin. State. San Diego State. Yeah, and then uh, Western School of Law. Okay. And did not finish Western. Um uh-huh. I did the math halfway through and decided mm-hmm. that uh, the economics weren't going to be smart for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so I got out and started working in the family business, which was restaurants. And, mm-hmm. and um, that kind of led me into one day. Where were the restaurants? Little Lily or? Uh, no, no, no. They were in Claremont. There was, huh. a, there was a little pool hall sports bar that my family owned called the Hungry Stick in Claremont. Huh. And that was uh, way back when. Was and that near the Aztec Bowl anywhere? Or, uh, no, no, not Aztec Bowl. What was the bowling alley up? Claremont Bowl, It right? wasn't far from Claremont Bowl, okay. but it was, it was a landmark. Where uh, Dr. Michael Dean put me under one night, which I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never recovered since, but anyway. Oh, but, goodness. Uh, anyway, so the re- <laughs> restaurant. And, um, but I'm just curious how, you know, you, obviously you, you had a, an epiphany to get into the financial services <laughs> in, in industry. So after the restaurants and, and such and family, but then what? I'd like to say it was a noble cause that, mm-hmm. that led me there, but I actually started, I left the nest and started working for um, Pepsi-Cola in their casual dining concept vision che- Chevys. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I would, they would take and I would manage a division and I would help managers uh, be better. So mm. they put me in a store and say, hey, we need you to show these five managers how to hit the economics, how to hit better numbers, how to be better managers. And one day I was in the Del Mar store and... An old friend of mine from high school walks in and he sits down and I see him and he's working. I talked to him and see him in years. I said, what are you doing? He goes, payroll. And I said, really? I looked at the numbers. I said, wow, these guys are, these guys are having a big year. And he said, no, no, that, that's a month. <laughs> I said, what do they do? <laughs> and he said, no, they're, they're, you know, they're stockbrokers. That was back in the time of the stockbrokers. And I said, well, I'm going to become a stockbroker. Study, go. took the test, and the rest is history. There you go. That, anyway, that Chevy's was in Flower Hill Mall forever. Yeah. It was. It hey, really let, was. Hey, let's hold it right there, though, because I think we've got a break coming up now, right about now, right? Mike, why don't you fire up some music, and we'll come back with Anthony Lombardi and talk about his boot camp and his career right after this. Hang on. All right, we're back with Anthony Lombardi getting smart, aren't we, Richard? We are getting very smart. <laughs> anyway, when we last left off, Anthony was had met a stockbroker in Del Mar, and what happened next, Tony? So I took the test, got started, and and uh, went to work for him at a little boutique firm, and um, I realized it was a lot harder than it looked. I knew nothing about stocks. My family didn't own any stocks. I didn't know anything about the financial. I knew it was on the back page of the paper, and I didn't know what any of those numbers and, meant. And what age are you at this point? I'm 1997, so... 70. Early 30s. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Well, yeah, probably mid-30s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, um, and uh, it just morphed into me realizing that... Um, People needed help. Mm-hmm. So we'd started selling. And it was interesting because I was, thank goodness I was at the right little firm because back then all I did was I <laughs> picked up a, you know, a list of, of phone books and would dial the phone and just make phone calls every day, all day, recommending people they should learn about a little unknown company called Dell Computer mm. and another company called Transocean Offshore. Well, we all know what happened with Dell Computer and Transocean Offshore ended up becoming the world's largest deep water driller. Mm. So that was it. Those were my two stock pitches. Yeah, that, was, that was two pretty good picks. Not bad, right? Not bad. Yeah. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> could, have been a, could have done a lot worse. 
And, I, uh, I got to tell on a side, my wife's business partner in her tennis tournaments, Ben, was the longtime uh, sports marketing director for Dell Computers. So all the golf tournaments and tennis tournaments that Dell would sponsor, he was the guy who was out there doing that. But now how are... Uh, so there's some Dell computer trivia for how you. How are desktop computers doing these days, though? I mean, it's, has Dell... Dell, Dell uh, Mike Dell bought back most of, or all of that company. There was just a lawsuit settled where he had to pay a little bit more to the exiting stockholders under a fairness opinion. I think the price went from 13-something a share up to 17. Of course, it went for, <coughs> But that was a multi-billion dollar buyback. It's yeah. done really well. Well, are they still into? Are they making laptops now? I'm not even f- familiar with what Dell. Yeah, they're, they're they're modern age now. I mean, you have to. Everything's yeah. going mobile now, anyway. Exactly. So. But um, but we digress. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so Tony had his two big stock picks, cultivated some some investors. I'm assuming. And uh, so did they give you any clients to work with, or did you have to go find those? I found them all. Built my book up from nothing to over 800 clients. Wow. All over the country. Wow, that's a lot of dialing. That's a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's exactly a lot more. It was so many hours. I was working 6 in the morning till 9 o'clock at night, Monday through Friday, 6 in the morning till 1 in the afternoon on Saturdays. I had no life. Oh, my gosh. It was really crazy. Oh, my gosh. And well, uh, obviously, it, you met with some success. So, but, hey, it's hard work, folks. You know, it doesn't drop in your lap, right, Richard? It doesn't. So after that, did you make a decision to go out on your own or do your own broker dealer or have your own business? No, what happened is, um, I just realized that in helping these people is, you know, once you, you, you start helping people, they want you to help them more. Mm -hmm. And the more I began helping them, the more sophisticated the solutions became. We went from, they don't call people stockbrokers anymore. Now everybody's a financial advisor or Uh a wealth advisor or what Uh have you. And so we started doing more sophisticated solutions. I started handling more sophisticated problems. And as soon as that happened, Here comes the CPA Mm. to do anything you needed to do. uh, The CPA had to give you the green light or the thumbs up. And that became difficult because we didn't have relationships with the CPAs, only the, only their clients. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And and the CPAs were working even longer hours than you were. Oh yeah. They still are. They, especially (laughs) now. I mean, I'm only in I'm only working 20 hours a week. So, but what happened was um, I realized that the CPA had the power to veto and to say yes. And, it made more sense to start with the CPA than the end user, and that's when the big epiphany happened. And I quit working with the end users. Uh, you know, I, I think I have one client left, um, and uh, and went to started working only with CPA firms. Mm. And so your first CPA approached you or whatever. How did how did you help him or her? Well, we just we, we you know I started instead of going out meeting you know affluent individuals, I went out and meeting CPAs. And would talk to them about their practice, would talk to them about what they're doing and how they're doing it. And the biggest issue for them was they, you know, they have this risk of referring out and they have this risk of their clients, their best clients being dissatisfied and client retention risk is a big problem in the, in the profession. And I just said, you know what, I think I can help you. I think I've got some answers. I think it would be great if you got to know them better and then maybe talk to your clients about them. And then that gave birth to everything. You know, there was a a famous director, I'll tell you, who went, when he went to Hollywood, uh, he didn't want to meet, he wanted to meet the lawyers and the CPAs for all these, uh, you know, notable people rather than them themselves. Mm -hmm. And he used to go to lunch and take illegal pads and, and uh, 
the director's name was uh, Steven Spielberg, and he and he, he's done okay, <laughs> not bad. <laughs> he was the first director. He started getting points, you know, and and uh, so he was he was smart. He he, he learned the business uh, from the the accountants, and that's a, probably a, a good life lesson. Uh, yeah, but but Anthony, there, there's a prevalence of what we call referrals in the professional services. That is to say, that a CPA may have a client who needs something, say estate planning, and so they'll refer that person to an estate planning attorney or. A wealth advisor has a client who is selling a business, and so they may refer that client to an investment banker. And and there's all of this continuing education and, and you know even courses about how to build a network of influential people so that you can be successful at referring business and getting referrals. And you're saying that doesn't work? You know, I, I think there's just too much risk in it, and it's not just me. I mean, you can pick up any trade magazine with regards to the CPA profession, and they'll tell you that referrals are dangerous and you need to get away from that. See, so what I think is that, yeah, you know, we do need to have a network, but I think what happens is the CP has to expand his brain trust or their brain trust. And in doing that, um, they can be more valuable to their client. The problem with referrals, besides the fact that they might wreck the relationship mm -hmm. is that even if everything goes status quo and wonderful, the client, the end user is never going to look at the CPA as valuable. He's going to say, you know, the person you referred me to did a great job. That person's amazing. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is that CPAs want organic growth in their companies. And if their best client is telling their friends, who the CPA obviously wants as clients, how amazing the referral was and not how amazing the CPA is, they're never going to get any, there's never going to be any growth there. So what we try to do is say, you know what, let's make the CPA amazing. Let's, let's give the CPA access and information to understand how all these sophisticated solutions work, help the CPA develop a stronger relationship with his client, and then work through the CPA, making that CPA very valuable and amazing in the client's mm. eyes, which then leads to the client saying, hey, you should see my CPA. My mm. CPA is really amazing versus the referral. So yeah, and, and there's two, I think, very important points that, affluent or you know wealthy families and individuals understand about referrals one is is the wealthy end user wants to go to one place to get everything solved so they need they're looking for one point person or quarterback or whatever you want to call it even if the thing that needs to be solved isn't centric to that person's profession say cpa or legal or whatever it may be and then the second thing is is they know how the referral game works they know that usually if they get a referral um, it's a referral to the last person who referred something back to the CPA, and they're just doing sort of a quid pro quo as opposed to sending them a resource that is, shall we say, the best in the region or the best in the country. And, and the, the high-end individual or, you know, the wealthy family understands that in the referral game, they're probably not getting referred to the very best. Mm. Oh, no, yeah. They're, they're getting referred to the to the very best person the CPA can refer them to that will not wreck the relationship. Exactly. Is yeah. what's happening, because nothing's more important than, than maintaining the integrity of the relationship. If they were going to ruin that, then they would never get to see their client, no matter how good or bad they were. So, Tony, or Anthony, do you help um, um, clients with, with personal, personal development as well? Because, you know, maybe... You know, to market yourself, it is about marketing, isn't it? I mean, how to market yourself better as a professional to expand your, your uh, client base or revenue, right? Oh, sure. Sure. Sure, we help the CPAs really understand kind of more about what they're doing and, and why they're doing what they're doing and how to get out of their own way and mm. realize that, you know, because most CPAs believe the work will develop the relationship mm -hmm. when realistically the work is in developing the relationship. And if they would just use their people skills and increase that and enhance their authenticity and, and give the client what they really want, which is their attention, 
then it'll open the door to all kinds of work they could do going forward. Would, would learning how to golf help? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. They say a lot of business gets done on a golf course, right? I mean, uh, right? Cultivation of... Not anymore. Not, not, not anymore? Nobody has time. Okay. <laughs> but we're going to talk about time later. I did my business in, on, in, on the surfboard. I had a, yeah. got a CPA client of mine. We meet once a week in the water. You see? And we go surf together, and we do business out there in you the water. See? That's yeah, the way. I do mine on the tennis court, but everybody's getting tired of getting beat. That's so the way to bond. Customers. That's the kidding. way to bond. We'll bond more with Anthony Lombardi, talk about his boot camp right after these announcements. Hang on. All right, we're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life. And now this is a time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. A big thank you to our sponsors, as always. Couldn't do the show without UBS. Michael Carancha and Drew Fritas, UBS. Really appreciate it. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet. we got two groups of them. Signature Analytics with Jason Kruger, CPA. Jason is, of course, an amazing, all along the West Coast, CFO service firm. And then more traditional CPAs in North County of San Diego, Polito Epic CPAs with Don Epic and Paul Polito. Also, Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, if you want to protect these assets or make sure the government doesn't get them when you die, Geiger Law Office is Brenda Geiger, specializing in asset protection and estate planning. Also, California Republic Bank with Lane Elliott and Sean Puckett, a really neat niche market bank that specializes in working with wealthy families and family offices. Also, Hub International, formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, and an absolutely incredible employee benefits firm. The LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, that's who we're talking with today. So I'm going to skip describing them so we can talk more about that very, very soon. Also, Paul Hines with Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul, of course, heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. And interest rates are still really, really low. So if you're buying or need to refinance, Nathan Watkins with worldwide credit, can do the absolute best job of any mortgage broker we know. And I'm getting hungry, Joe, talking about all these great sponsors. If I want to go eat something, what might I consider? We'll go in the kitchen and make a sandwich. No, I'm kidding. No, come on. <laughs> get There's over. no food here, kid, for me. <laughs> get over. Yes, there is. A I know. But uh, get, over, get over to uh, Lestat's Coffee House Houses. Uh, there's going to be three soon. The original is in uh, Normal Heights. The second is in University Heights. And the third about to open on, on University in Hillcrest. And they're open 24-7, 365, and uh, great coffee, great food, and great atmosphere. Then also the Berry Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle Lirac. We're going to have another great show coming up with her team, I think. We, Late August. Yes. Yes. And um, I'm not sure. I mean, now we did Soil Science and Sustainable Meats. I think this is about food waste. This is about food waste. Yes. And it'll be a, another great show. So we thank them all. And I know many of these sponsors, uh, you've been working with them for quite a while, right, Richard? The one relationship that dates back the furthest would be to 1989. Wow. Wow. All with great success. Now, that's a depressing thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All with great success and great collaborations Absolutely. down through the decades. <laughs> yeah, through the decades. So. Anyway, back to Anthony. We, where do we leave off? We should give the, the boot camp website or something, right? Go ahead. Well, it's Lombardi with an I, bootcamp.com. And I know that's coming up in September, right, Anthony? It, September 28 through 30? Yeah, that's the next experience boot camp. And what I, happens there? 
Well, we're going to be working with financial advisors, and we bring them in as financial advisors, and they leave as professional advisors, mm. realizing that they're going to be advising professionals and not the end user any longer. But yeah, we're going to bring them in there and help them and show them a way that they could, you know, dramatically increase their revenues per client. We're mm-hmm. going to show them how they can go from working maybe fifty, sixty hours a week to doing like. 20, 25 hours a week. Mm-hmm. We're going to teach them how to work only on affluent situations. And most importantly of all is to work with the CPAs only to get away from the end user and make their client base, the professionals that are the CPA. And in doing that, give them more time for what's most important. And realistically, it's very rare that we see that their business is most important, but yet that's where most of their time goes. And this is about two and a half days at the Sheridan Carlsbad Resort and Spa. In, yes, it is. In beautiful Carlsbad, where Richard hangs out quite a bit, right? I do. <laughs> so so you're saying time is a big problem for a lot of professionals, CPAs and wealth advisors. Because most of the folks I know in their professions, they make enough money, but you can't even go have lunch with somebody because they have no time. Oh, yeah. Time is, without a doubt, the most important thing that you can give to any affluent individual. All of us have only so much, and we waste it instead of invest it. And it, we do things that take time instead of require time. It's just, it's horrible how we look at time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I know CPAs who probably told me, hey, I'm working 100 hours a week during tax season. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't want you doing my tax return. I mean, after about 30 hours, I get delirious. Mm-hmm. And um, the quality, I mean. And, and further, let's talk about value. Those, those typical services that most people associate with CPAs, preparing tax returns, preparing financial statements. Does the end user see much value in that? I don't think so. Not anymore. I think they're pretty sure that they can get that done anywhere. I said what, what's important now is that they've got that one person, that go-to person that they can trust most that handles everything, that knows everything about them. And that's where the true value is. And the problem with that is that requires time. So if you've got a CPA that's got a thousand clients and only so much time and five or six different big deadlines during the year, you know, how does that actually give you any face-to-face time with someone you can trust? So what the end user really wants, what the, what the very affluent client really wants is someone he can trust most so he can get rid of eight other phone numbers or 12 other phone numbers he doesn't need anymore. Mm-hmm. And what the CPA, if the CPA really wants to stamp his footprint in, in that value kind of sandbox, then he has to say, you know what, you call me for whatever you need and I've got it. Mm-hmm. And that be, you become valuable then because that makes you irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. So you're doing more with less. Oh, a lot more with a lot less. But it's a it's a paradigm shift. It's it's so countercultural, and the the profession itself isn't even going in that direction. They're kind of touching on it, and maybe for the first time in a very long time, the big three are actually doing more planning. Their revenues, more of the revenues derived from planning than compliance, and the the mom and pops or the smaller regional firms are actually still getting most of their money from compliance. And it used to be different. I think this is an interesting shift. So. There's a lot of catch-up. I think the future of the profession is value, and I think it's going to be less clients and doing more. Yeah, and I think as CPAs get older, well, wealth advisors too, I think the average age of a CPA in this country now is something like 59. I think the average age of a wealth advisor isn't very far behind that, maybe 55 or 56. I think younger people who are getting into these professions are doing things a different way. I know millennials getting into the CPA profession, they don't want to do it like I did where I walked through six feet of snow, 10 miles a day to do tax returns all day. Uphill Seven, both ways, Uphill right? both ways, exactly. <laughs> but we got free pizza on Sundays. They're like, uh, wait a minute, I want to have a life. Well, what would you guys recommend to a young person wanting to get into the financial advisor role today um, or the anything related to the profession? I mean, obviously take the right courses, but as far as... Well, Anthony, you start and then I'll, I'll 
pitch in my two cents? Sure. Well, first of all, for the financial advisor, I'd say, first of all, make sure you understand that you're a professional advisor. You're going to give advice to professionals only. If you're not dealing with leverage, you're dealing with things that are inefficient. You're dealing with unleveraged situations. So somebody getting into the business today, the first thing I'd say is your clients, your focus, your direction has to be in a leveraged audience. And in my opinion, that best leverage audience is going to be the CPA Mm -hmm. professional. If you start there, build amazing relationships with them and help them do better what they're already doing pretty good. Help them be best at something they're, they're, you know, they're not bad at already. Um, if you can bring that value to the table and that value will travel to their best clients, it's a win, win, win. And you don't need a lot of those clients. You need a handful of those relationships. So someone coming into the business today can say, you know what? I don't need 800 clients. I don't need to work 60 hours a week. I don't need to be the answer man with all the answers. You know what I need to do is I need to find people that are trying to do the right things with the right people and let me give them the information. Let me develop that right relationship there. Have a handful of those. Bring some some of your, your professional network to the table and work small and smart. Mm. But I mean, a student just coming out of school, it's it's kind of tough because obviously, you know, you're young and um, it's hard to cultivate. It, it is, but for for example, let's assume that young person's going into a CPA practice. Mm-hmm. You've got to put in two or three years to get your experience and get your CPA license. So, so, so yeah, you're going to be stuck doing income tax returns and financial mm-hmm. statements. But while you're doing that, I would say you want to focus on two things. You want to focus on developing certain tactical specialties that go well beyond income tax returns and financial statements. Mm-hmm. So you're some sort of expert subject matter leader. And secondly... While you're doing the work, you also want to start developing, cultivating all kinds of relationships with the best and brand of other advisors, even if they're young people like yourself who are growing in their professions, so that you're creating an amazing network of resources that you'll have access to as everybody matures. So maybe get involved with Star or somebody. Star San Diego. Or, I mean, uh, although, create your own group. Create your own, yeah. you know, where people come well, together. I think Star, you need 10 years experience, right? Yeah, so. I mean, for your traditional professions, we have people in less than 10 years who do more unique things or new, new professions and industries. But I think a lot of the young accountants, as well as a lot of young wealth advisors, they're only concerned about developing relationships with end users or clients. They're not concerned about developing a relationship with all of the other associated professionals. Mm. They can bring tremendous value. And so then maybe after you've got six or seven or eight years of experience in the profession, if you have an amazing network of resources mm. and you're very good at a particular subject matter, you don't have to be doing tax returns and financial statements anymore. You're you right. can, become you can an, elevate your game. Become an authority, distinguish yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, get, if you could publish anything or speak anywhere, mm-hmm. I think as soon as you get on a panel somewhere, just right. like Samantha Urban, who we had on exactly. recently, you know, she got invited to speak at uh, Connect or whatever. And yeah. Next thing you know, she's got a lot of respect and people banging on her door and whatnot. So, yeah. But uh, that's the way to do it. Yeah. yeah words, you don't I, do it the way everybody else has done it yeah, throughout think, history. I think, yeah, I think we're ready for our break right now, though. So Mike, play some music. We'll come right back with Anthony Lombardi and talk about boot camp and everything else right after this. Hang on. I don't know what the heck this music is, Mike. What is this? I don't know. <laughs> Emergency. Emergency. Okay. It's an emergency. I need some financial advice. I need to get better as a professional. Anthony Lombardi, boot camp. So, speak, so Anthony, speaking, <laughs> speaking of emergencies, let's assume some poor wealth advisor <laughs> or CPA is working 90 hours a week. They have no time to begin with. Why, why would they invest their time with you? Why would they go to your boot camp? I mean, why you? Why are you different? Well, it's simple. I mean, because here's the deal. In the country, there's a lot of people that are talking, a lot of people that are offering programs and coaching programs and Mm -hmm. this and that and everything. 
The problem is what they're doing is they're giving you a solution that doesn't address time. If you do not put time in the coefficient, if time isn't the common denominator in everything you're doing, then the solution is actually harmful. What we do is everything we do addresses the fact that you have to make sure that what I'm doing is actually going to give me more time for what's most important. Because I don't care if the CPA is working 90 hours. I don't care if the financial advisor is working 70 hours. I don't care if the end user has a business and he's putting in 100 hours in his business. Everywhere across the country that I've spoken, I've asked this question, what's most important? I have very rarely ever heard anyone say their business. It's always their faith and their family. And yet most of the time they have on this planet is invested in their business, which has a huge appetite for time. So what we do is we say, no, we're going to give you ways to increase the time for what's most important. We're going to show you how to truly do more with less, but we're going to make sure that you realize how important time is, how important your time with most important is. And then everything we do will be tailored so that when you do what we ask you to do and show you to do, not only will you have success, but it'll give you the opportunity to have a significant life have more time for the things that are most important. And that's what's different about us. And you and I just recently presented together at the ATPI, the Advanced Tax Planning Institute. It was at the lovely Omni La Costa up in Carlsbad. Can you tell us a little bit about that event? That was a great event. And you did very well there, Richard, I have to tell you. Thanks. So did you. Thank you very much. It was a busy week. All-Star Game, opening day at the track, (laughs) presenting at a family office conference, presenting at Secret Knock. I'm still tired. Yes, and you did. You ran right in and boom, right after lunch, you hit it, you hammered it. But no, it was a great three days. We we bring in the team. We bring in, like you said, when a financial advisor gets in, or we call them professional advisors, he builds that network. Well, we brought you know, just a handful of the people in that are in our network and let them speak directly to CPAs over two days. And the first day we did relationship leadership and communication training for CPAs, which they don't get. So not only did they get the... The, the tools, you know, they, we call them arrows in the quiver. They heard from some very, very, very sophisticated and, and bright, some of the brightest individuals in their field on how to handle very difficult and complex tax problems. And then we gave them the goods on relationship, leadership, and communication so that now that they understand these are some great solutions out there, how do I actually talk to my clients and open the line of communication that says, let me help you. We actually did a piece called creating the squeaky wheel. Cause as you know, and I know every CPA will address the squeaky wheel that is their mm-hmm. best client, but if it's not squeaking, they'll get, they'll let it go. So we show them how to make that client squeak just so that you can do the work so you can be more valuable and solidify your relationship with that client. Mm. I hear a rumor. You're writing a book about this. Is this true? <laughs> I think I've been writing this book for three years now. But That's how that goes. Yes, I know. Um, yes. Well, you know, it's first I have to take care of my daughter and my faith, and then the book comes next. So, but yeah, it's a book called, it's called A Better Way, The Business of Relationships. And it goes into, it's not specific or CPA centric or financial professional centric. It is business owner centric. So it goes into how every business owner should look at leverage and the relationships they develop so that their business will be more profitable, so that their life will be some more significant and their loved ones will actually be the beneficiaries of that. And it's been a, it's been a great book. It's, it's, it's been a fun, right? And I'm excited for it to be released later this year. And I'm sure it'll be a great read. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll plug it on the show when it comes out, get it up on the website, all that good stuff. Since we like to stay in touch with our continuing stories mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to reading that. So you, 
haven't mentioned your daughter's name on air. You need to do that. But you also have a punctured <laughs> eardrum. Can you please explain this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes hand in hand because I was with my daughter when I ruptured my her eardrum. Her name is? Her name is Gianni. Gianni Lombardi. Gianni Taylor so, Lombardi. So it's all Italian guys in here today. Of course. But everybody calls her Johnny. I, so, have, a niece, I have a niece, Gianna. So how do you like that? Yeah. Well, you know, that's what we, we wanted, the masculine version of it. So we went Gianni instead of Gianna. Uh-huh. And every teacher wants to call her Gianna. And she's like, uh-uh. No, no, no. But yeah, we were up at uh, family camp for church in the San Bernardino Mountains this week, and they have this thing called the blob. And if you don't know what it is, Google it, and you'll see it's this big pillow (laughs) that one guy goes up on this tower and jumps off onto the pillow and launches the guy on the other end of this big water pillow into the air, and you do tricks. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, my trick landed on my ear. (laughs) 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 It came down. And wow, the ringing and the pain was incredible. So a little trip to urgent care. I just left the ENT this morning for some more tests. We're hoping that everything's going to be all right for our vacation in Maui next week. So that's what we're working on now. And and speaking about relationships, you, because of one of your relationships with a CPA that I also know, you are a multiple-time winner of Demolition Derby at Del Mar Racetrack, aren't you? I am actually a two-time winner, and then we retired. We won it the only two times we've done it. We won it both times. Now, wait a minute. They put, you put you in real cars. Tell and the story. Joe will love this. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm very good friends with a CPA who, was, who started as a client, now is a client, but a very good friend of mine in San Diego, CPA Joe Ventura, uh-huh. Ventura Coonan Associates. It's uh, down in Mission Valley. But his real love is automobiles, and he has a auto shop where he restores old cars. If you go on the sixth floor of his, of his, um, his office building, you'll see every car is actually covered, drivable, restored. And there's a pair of sunglasses and a bottle of water. He doesn't have a parking spot. He has a whole floor, the whole floor. Right. And so he calls me up and I'm going to get this guy on the show. He's amazing. (laughs) And so, and so he says, he calls me and says, Tony, I said, I need you to be doing the demolition derby with me. I said, okay, um, I'll be down. No worries. Uh, tell me where it is and where, and I'll be your pit guy. And he says, oh, no, 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 you're going to drive. I said, why aren't you driving? Why aren't you driving? He says, oh, no, I'm going to drive too. But but when we win, when we, we knock everybody else out, we'll shut the cars off and we'll be co-champions. He goes, don't worry, it's 10-mile-an-hour 10 10 mile bumper cars. <laughs> so I called my part, my business partner up, Alex. I said, Alex, we're doing it. He goes, you are not driving in that. I said, Joe said it's good. And besides, we need to get involved. It's relationship <laughs> development. So we go down there at the San Diego Fair. Uh-huh. And these guys are animals. These are these are not these are serious these guys. Are rugby that, players. These right? guys know what they're doing. They, and Joe's telling me how to beat up the car, to hammer it with sledgehammers. We paint it, you know, Jesus freak all over it. It was amazing. It, this is not one of those electrical things in the the arcade game. Um, this is out on a field somewhere. This is forty mile an hour legalized road rage. Oh my god! <laughs> in front of ten thousand people, and don't it ask. Sounds, and and we like won. Mad Max or something. It was. It was. I'm telling you, you and should Google out it. Like after 10 seconds with a concussion, right? And then leaves me there, yeah. and, and luckily I listened to what he said, and somehow or another, the, the craziest 20 minutes of my life, oh my I'm God. holding a trophy up at the end on the floor. You won the thing? I won it. How do you win? You just knock everybody out? You man. destroy everybody else's car, so and the, you pray your car keeps running. And you you were the last car running? That was the first year, and then the second year did it again. <laughs> And Joe went out again in the first minute. And I yes. Think a plot. He's, he, he, I think he fakes the concussion to get you to go. My daughter was there. It was amazing. And, and a two-year champion. And they kept giving me a smaller car. I knew that if I did it the third year, they were going to put me on a motorcycle. Oh, my So gosh. I said, forget it. We're done. <laughs> 
I mean, these are big, these are heavy collisions, right? Oh, no, I mean, no. This is the real deal. This I mean, you're is strapped in head. Strapped in helmet. Take your something to put around your neck, right? A neck oh, roll. Oh, yeah, neck roll. Yeah. Does anybody flip and do, yeah. uh, do that? Do you flip over? They, well, they'll give you an idea. The way I won the second one. <laughs> A guy's car started on fire. It was just me and another guy. And you hide behind the dead cars, and so you peek around, and then you drive across, and you hit the guy's car, starts on fire. So I'm like, okay, I won again. They put the fire out, and he started the car back up. (laughs) And so I actually had to blow him up. We had to blow his car up, and that's how he finally stopped. Is there any video of this? We We do have it, actually, on YouTube. We want to see this, Richard. You got it. I've seen it. It's really good. We're going to put this on our website. We'll post this on your uh, blog entry. I'll have Courtney do that, right? Perfect. I think that'd be great because uh, you know you need those skills um you know obviously the killer instinct must help a little bit. <laughs> well i think the fact that my daughter was on there with me beating up the car getting it ready it's she's she's an that's, amazing woman that's hilarious amazing you, little girl were you there richard did you see any of no, this i've only no. seen the youtube video all right well i want to i want to see that too well we like to end with a bang on this show and uh, that's <laughs> we did that certainly fabulous anthony thanks so much anthony Thank lombardi's you. boot camp lombardibootcamp.com get on our website iwomoney.com if you want to know more thanks uh great to see you anthony and richard uh, great seeing you thanks to mike hansen our board operator for making it sound terrific and to craig blake our con executive and dave sniff our programming genius here at kfmb all these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com have a great week we'll see you next time bye-bye